You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Broncos country, what's up? Happy Friday and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast, your daily bite-sized podcast here at the Locked On NFL Network, giving you the best news, coverage, and insight into all things orange and blue related. It is Friday. I'm excited. We've had a great week in Broncos action. Chris Harris Jr. returned to the field. That's great news. As always, OTAs, week three of them wrapping up in the books. Next week, we have mandatory minicamp. There's still no padded practice going to happen between the Broncos yet. We won't see the pads come on until a little bit later. Later on, once July approaches and we, we get into training camp, but everything right now is the learning period. Players progressing quite nicely. Chris Harris Jr. getting accustomed to what the Broncos have been doing for the last couple of weeks. So we have all that fun action there. I want to remind you guys that you can also subscribe to the Lockdown Broncos podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Himalaya Podcast app. I'll tell you a little bit more about the Himalaya Podcast app and what it could do for you to expand your listening in the podcast realm, especially if you like the Broncos. You can create some personal curated playlist of Broncos-related podcasts to listen to, but we'll get to that a little bit later on as the show goes on. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos Insider and NFL Analyst for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You guys can also check out CodyRourkeNFL.com to get all the episodes of the Locked On Broncos podcast, as well as the Cody Rourke TV feature, where you guys can get exclusive video content breaking down NFL coverage, Broncos-related news over there. Cody Rourke TV at CodyRourkeNFL.com. Won't have one up this week, though. Heading off on Sunday to Gunnison, Colorado for our Western football camp for our high school program. So I'll be up there coaching all week, but we'll still have an episode of Lockdown Broncos Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It's going to be a busy time next week, but bringing you guys Broncos news and content every single day is so, so important. So I appreciate you guys for always staying tuned and, and hanging on when there's uh, some days where we might not have an episode. So appreciate you guys. We've been going all off season because there is no off season for the true fam. So with that said, I also want to give a special shout out to our show sponsors of today, our, our friends over there at Grip Six Belts, as well as Hotels.com. Thank you guys for sponsoring the Locked On Network. Today's episode of the show, we're going to dive into segment number one. We got a listener calling in. We got Mile High Memories calling into our Locked On Broncos voicemail line at 970. 970- 5412966. Want to thank him for that. And Broncos Country, feel free to utilize that any single time you guys would like to have your voice, your opinions put on air here at the Lockdown Broncos Podcast. Just dial the number 970-541-2966 and we will use whatever you leave as your voicemail to us. We're going to lose we're going to use that in the show. We're going to put it up there as well so you give consent when you record something that we can use it on air. You guys can also text that number too because it's a text and call in line, so we'd love to hear from you guys over there at the call-in line. We're going to hear from that in segment number one. We're going to react to what Mile High Memories had to say, what questions he had to ask, observations that he's made. And then segments two and three, we got a special guest joining us here today on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. My good friend over there at BSN Denver, Ryan Konigsberg's going to jump into the pond 
a little bit just to talk about what he's witnessed this week. Week three of OTAs for the Broncos, and they got a little bit of a treat this week as Peyton Manning returned to the UC Health Training Center in Denver to talk with the media about what he's got going on. So we're going to talk with uh, Ryan a little bit about that and dive into the mind of Coach Fangio a little bit more in depth. We're going to get a little bit of an insight into some other players like Troy Fumagalli, Joe Deneen, an undrafted guy that a lot of people are asking me about, as well as some other Broncos and what he's seen as the Broncos have progressed, kind of compare night and day difference between what we witnessed last year and this year, all on today's jam-packed episode of Locked On Broncos. Segment number one, we're going to dive right into my man Jared, who is over there at the Twitter handle Mile High Memories, who's always calling into our call-in line. And I want to thank Eric Blackman for always shooting us text to the Lockdown Broncos text in line. But Jared actually posed a really good question. I can't wait for you guys to hear right now, and then we're going to respond to it because he makes some very valid points, and I think it's something that the NFL really needs to take a significant look at in terms of long-term health for the players, as well as with the collective bargaining agreement set to expire here in the next two seasons. There's a lot of things that he makes a great point about that I feel like the NFL needs to strongly consider. So let's take a listen to my man, Mile High Memories, on the Lockdown Broncos voicemail line, 970-541-2966. Hey, what's up, Cody? This is Jared from Mile High Memories. Since it's the offseason, I thought it would be an opportune time to talk about some sort of football-related things, but primarily I'm interested in talking about uh, roster size, and I know it's been 53-man for a long time. I know there's some talk about potentially adding games to the regular season uh, schedule, which I think would necessitate a larger roster. However, I think more interesting than that would be the fact that if teams were allowed to have a little bit of a larger roster, let's say 60 guys, uh, when you have those injuries, A, you have opportunities for for guys to step up that were uh, not able to get chances to play before that. B, it gives guys an opportunity to to really develop and to get those reps with the ones during uh, during the practice week. And I think finally, most interestingly, um, when we do have those injuries on teams, those sort of devastating injuries, it would allow those teams to be able to continue to put out good product as opposed to having to go down the depth chart to guys that haven't been able to get those uh, first-team reps week in and week out. So I think it's time for the NFL to start looking at potentially um, making roster size bigger, whether they add games to the regular season or not. I think going up to that 60, maybe 60-ish number would be great. Add another seven guys on there. Give yourself even an opportunity to perhaps have uh, special specialists. I mean, kick returns. Guys that wouldn't necessarily make the roster with the current 53 might have an opportunity to make the roster in the future. Just uh, one of my kind of random thoughts during this slower news time. Thanks. Jared, first off, thank you for calling into the voicemail call line once again. And I think that Jared makes a lot of valid points here because every single year we know the NFL has to make their final roster cut downs to a 53-man roster. And I, I just feel like it's so unfortunate for the opportunity. I mean, you look at college, I get it. College football, there really is no roster limitations. Sometimes you have 75 guys on an entire sideline. But it, it really wouldn't hurt for the NFL if they're really considering because the rumor right now is the NFL is looking at maybe expanding the regular season to possibly 18 games in a modified playoff schedule. I I don't know exactly what that would look like, but they are visiting that as a potential option. And I know the NFL Players Association just sent out a notice this week to NFL agents telling their players like, hey, you know, you might want to save your money a little bit because the NFL could be heading for a lockout and players might not be able to play. You know, they might go, you know, a whole year without a paycheck if they're 
can't be an agreement between the NFLPA and the NFL on the new collective bargaining agreement, which is set to expire after the 2020 season. So they're, they're really kind of preparing agents to tell their players like, hey, save your money, find ways to invest it or don't spend as much money because you guys may not work in the year 2021, which I think would be absolutely detrimental, not only to what we do covering the show every single day, but I just feel like for the NFL, for the players, for the fan bases, it would be so detrimental just to have to wait again. I mean, we got really excited and look, I think the XFL is looking at this whole scenario, which is why I think they wanted to launch in 2020 because there are some uncertainties for the NFL after the 2020 season on whether or not they can come to an agreement on a new CBA, which we could see another lockout, which happened before the latest CBA was signed. So, you know, really, I I think that you could push up in my opinion, if I had to have some sort of administrative say in the matter, I would just say, hey, you know what? Push the roster spots up to about 60 to 62 players. I mean, yeah, you're going to get like nine, maybe 10 more guys than the 53 active man roster. If you go 63 players, you can get 10 more players. You know, you have injury reserve designations. But I think one of the holdups, too, and I'm not quite sure because I, I got to do a little bit more digging into this. If the NFL were to increase the number of active players you're allowed on a roster, I'm sure that would have some sort of impact in terms of how the salary cap really kind of impacts teams. And so for me, I look at those as some underlying factors because you think about it too. The NFL, I mean, you can have, I think, up to 90. I think they the NFL changed the rule to you can have 90 members on your roster up until a certain point of the preseason. Then you have to start getting into roster cuts. And, and so ultimately, a lot of guys get cut and have to go somewhere else or get picked up on the practice squad. And, you know, we see this carousel around the NFL every year. So if you were to kind of keep an active roster a little bit more up to like six, 62 or 63 guys yeah you get to get more guys you get to get more depth guys like returners more receivers more linebackers more defensive backs it gives those guys plenty of opportunities to see the field and get special teams reps and you know maybe kind of fill in if if a team really does need help I mean go back to the Broncos game against the Browns they really ran out of cornerbacks Jamar Taylor got ejected and, and that was a dumb move overall for him but Justin Simmons had to go play corner and they had to fill some other guys in at safety just because Bradley Roby kind of bit through his mouth a little bit and had to get stitches in his mouth and yeah it was just Tremaine Brock went out with an injury it was just horrible all around they didn't even have Chris Harris Jr. at that point do you know being out with an injury fractured leg that he suffered against the Bengals but you know I think things like this do open up opportunities for some of these guys trying to make a roster spot I think it makes it more solidified that they do I do just think that the reality in my head and I'm not sure if this is true or not would be that salary cap implications would be too drastic for NFL franchises and and I understand that quite a bit certainly some interesting angles to follow for sure but you know definitely I think that's a great mind provoking question I think we should all look at as NFL connoisseurs I mean we all love the NFL we cover it you know you the listeners tune into the NFL every single day by listening to this podcast so I think it does impact us as stakeholders if a potential holdout happens so definitely Jared great question over there my man and and Broncos country if you want to send in some questions like that too send them in you can text in at our or you can call and leave a voicemail at our text call on line 970-541- 2966 or just send it to me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. We're going to get to our interview here with Ryan Koenigsberg of BSN Denver coming up in just a moment. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys a little bit more about the Himalaya podcast app, which is starting to change the way that you guys listen to the world of podcasts. It is free. It's super easy to use. And the Himalaya podcast app has every single podcast that you love or that you are searching for. Here's the things that I like about it that make it a little bit more easier for me to kind of balance in all the podcasts that I listen to a little bit easier than it is with Apple podcasts. So you can create personally curated playlists made just for you by 
Himalaya's expert podcast tastemakers. I mean, they, they constructed, they concocted, and they put it all together for you based on what you listen to, and that's really cool there. They have themed collections of shows that will help you find the newest podcast that you want to listen to. You can find anything ranging from comedy to mystery, thrillers, and sports as you listen to already. You can also follow your show. I mean, listeners can follow their favorite podcasts and creators. So, for example, you can follow me on the Himalaya podcast app, the Lockdown Broncos podcast, and you can comment and like episodes, and you can thumbs them up. And I mean, it's very, very interactive stuff. And you can create episodic shareable playlists where listeners can build podcast playlists just by episodes and they can customize it just like a playlist for songs and they can share it through social media, text and email. So you can find and download Himalaya today on the App Store or the Google Play Store. Don't forget to follow Lockdown Broncos once you're there. Right now, I'm joined by my man, Ryan Konigsberg, over there at BSN Denver. And Ryan is a great, great dude over there, and, and he does phenomenal work. Him and Zach Stevens put out, you know, they produce so much amazing content every single day, as well as the BSN Denver app. I mean, they're doing a lot of great stuff down there, and they get to be at practice every single day, which I'm a little jealous for because I wish I could be up there every single day. But, you know, Ryan's been in the action a little bit, has been involved, and we're going to talk with him today. So, Ryan, thanks for joining the podcast, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad to be on with you. Us podcasters have to stick together. It's a it's a rough world sometimes. It really, really is. But, you know, and I think I was talking with Brandon, and he made a great point because, you know, when we look at coverage of sports teams, you know, we, we get into this tendency sometimes to think, okay, these guys are our competitors, and that's how I used to think for a while. But Brandon made an actually a really good point about saying, like, hey, we share the same listeners. We just, you know, they they listen to every podcast because they love Broncos football. They love being in the know. And and so we share the same audience and whether that's for three minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. But yeah, you and Zach have been doing a great job, man, and very excited to have you on here. So one of the things too, that we're going to talk about today with Ryan is week three of OTAs just kind of wrapped up a little bit. And we got to see a little bit of some action from obviously Joe Flacco and the Broncos getting back. Chris Harris Jr., the big storyline coming back this week. I know we had talked extensively about kind of playing the waiting game. Like, hey, you know, when when are the Broncos going to make a move is it going to be before mandatory minicamp which starts next week or is it going to be this week and, and luckily it was this week so he's getting acclimated a little bit what is uh how's chris looked in the last couple of days since you've been able to see him yeah we got one look at him yesterday and and they were definitely taking it slow with him i think vic fangio is the type of coach who is going to make everyone earn everything and that goes for chris harris jr as well now you know he was still out there with the starters but he's not just going to give him free reign. He said, you know, if you haven't been here, you got to come back. You got to acclimate. Um, so he was using him at two plays at a time. And uh, from what we saw from Chris, he looked like a guy who, you know, had, had been out for a while. He was just getting getting used to things, getting acclimated. Um, but for me, the big thing about Chris being out there is it changes the entire alignment of the defense. And um, it allows you to really get a look at what this secondary is going to look like. And and what we saw a lot of yesterday was Chris on the left, uh, Bryce Callahan on the right, Kareem Jackson actually in the slot, and then Will Parks and Justin Simmons out there at the safety positions. And, and obviously there's a lot of different combinations you can throw out there. But it was interesting to see them go three corners because you expected – when Chris was gone, you would have expected that would have been the time that, that Kareem Jackson would have been playing the most corner. But pretty much that entire time he's playing safety. Now Chris comes back and they start kind of throwing out some three corner or whatever you want to call uh, Kareem Jackson looks. But, it, he, you know, he was playing that slot role. So um, 
aside from just seeing Chris kind of run around a little bit out there, that was my biggest takeaway from him being back. So with him being back, obviously you mentioned Kareem Jackson who's been getting a lot of reps at safety and also in the slot during this minicamp portion. I always kind of wanted to ask you the question too in, in terms of how Kareem Jackson's role is with the Broncos right now defensively. How is it different for Justin Simmons? Is his role more focused on playing that middle of the field or, or are they kind of split him out? Because he was playing so many different positions last year from corner, slot to even strong safety at times. Now he gets to focus on being one of the primary stakeholders in his defense where you know there are some high expectations for him and guys like Will Parks this season who are playing in a contract year. What has it been like with Justin Simmons out there at practice and, and how it pertains to what Kareem Jackson's been doing at the safety position himself? Yeah, it's been interesting to see all of these guys out there because the number one compliment I think Vic Fangio gives to any, any uh, secondary member is that, that he's versatile. And all of these guys in their own way are versatile. And you're seeing you're seeing that out there. You're seeing Vic Fangio, you know, have him play the high safety, have him come down in the box, have Kareem Jackson in the slot, have Will Parks out there, have Will Parks at Sam Backer. Like there's so many different things that these guys can do. And I think it's one of the reasons you're hearing all these defenders rave about the defense. It's because they're all getting to do all sorts of different stuff. And, and because of that, when offenses come out there, they're not just going to be able to look at the personnel and know what the Broncos are doing. And I think for Vic Fangio, that is a huge thing. He wants to be able to put a defense out there, and you don't even know if Kareem Jackson is, is playing safety or he's lined up in the slot. Uh, you know, They can move things around. So for Justin, um, he's always been versatile. You know, He played corner in college. Um, he obviously has played a little bit of slot in the NFL in both safety positions for Justin. This is a great defense for him because of he is so versatile and, and, and Vic Fangio wants to take as much advantage of that as he can. So we look at the Broncos defense right now. I mean, we've been, we've been hearing a lot of different things. It, it's been drastically different compared to last year. We saw the on-field product. It was almost as if when the Broncos defense was out on the field last year in the regular season, we could almost say, okay, well, they're in this coverage and it was easy to, you know, kind of read. They weren't disguising anything and, and, and with Coach Fangio, it shows like, you know, you're going to see a too high look and this guy could have this coverage. But the reality is it, it's all about smokescreen because we're seeing the NFL offense evolve a little bit to where there are quarterbacks that will literally find the soft spot in his own. I mean, go back to Tom Brady, go back to Patrick Mahomes. When they played against zone defenses, they ate those up. I mean, even Derek Carr against the Broncos last year, when the Broncos would be in zone against him, he would find the soft spot against the Broncos defense. So really a lot of mixing match. We know Coach Fangio runs a lot of zone defense, but it's predicated on utilizing different pieces. We talk about versatility. What Coach Fangio loves to have his defensive ends to know how to play defensive tackle. He likes his outside backers to know inside backer. We've seen this with Coach Fangio a little bit and how it pertains to Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Will Parks, even those guys. We're, we're kind of going to see the kind of plug-in formula that we saw with Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson last year in Chicago. So I, I think the Broncos have a lot of talent at that safety position, which brings me to my next question. Well, we, we see that Coach Fangio, he's a guy that doesn't, you know, he, he speaks his mind. He doesn't hold anything back. And that's one thing I've really really appreciated about him is he's been very open to the media and you know I've in a nothing against Vance Joseph I felt last year when we'd ask Vance questions there would be a little bit of ambiguity in his answers we wouldn't quite get the clear picture overall from him but coach Fangio tells us how it is and he gave a lot of compliments I mean it's rare that 
we hear him give compliments. And so Peyton Manning even told you guys uh, the other day that if Coach Fangio gives you a compliment, it's a really good thing. So we heard compliments with Will Parks, but we also kind of heard something opposite with Sua Cravens. He said that Sua's got to have to make this team as a safety first. And we know, Ryan, that that safety room right now is loaded. You have Justin Simmons, Will Parks. You have Sua Cravens. You have Demonte Thomas. You have Shamarco Thomas. You have Jamal Carter coming back from an injury from this past season. You have all these different guys that can plug in and play. And, and so what are your thoughts on the depth at the safety position right now because it's going to be a huge focus during training camp which comes up in July yeah it's one of the deepest parts of the team and uh you know it was nice to hear Vic talk about Will Parks the other day because we hadn't really heard him say say much about him at all this offseason uh Will had a really nice day out there at practice he was flying around and you know Vic was finally asked about him and, and he did say nice things so it was nice to hear that uh because I think Will is is definitely a promising young player as for Sua, um, I think it's only a matter of time for him before he ends up getting cut from this football team. You know, it's it's a situation where all of the dialects surrounding him all offseason has not been positive. It started with John Elway when he was asked about Sua back at the combine and all he had to say about him was he's going to have a chance to make the football team. Then you go all the way, you know, to yesterday and everything in between. But yesterday, you know, Vic says, like you mentioned, he's going to have to make this uh, team as a safety and everything else is just a couple crumbs on the top. So anyone who was thinking that, Oh, you know, Sue Cravens can be a, a third down linebacker for this team. Well, it's not going to work that way because like we've talked about, it's versatility. If you can't, be trusted at safety well then you're giving away the hand when you come out there you're playing that you know that linebacker position so it's going to be tough for him um i think it's a really big uphill battle for him and you know i said this to someone the other day if you had to make me if you, if you were having me bet on him or demonte thomas to make the team i would be more inclined to go with demonte so it is a, it is a very deep position a lot of talent but i think in the end it's probably not going to work out for sua here in denver It'll be interesting to see how that kind of follows up for him, especially coming off the year he had where, you know, expectations via getting him from the Redskins, you know, coming in. He was supposed to be this guy that was going to come in and, and take away that coverage element across the middle of the field. But unfortunately, he got injured and he sat out a good portion until, you know, I think he was on the injured reserve designated to return. He came back and just looked very rusty, couldn't get in rhythm and coaches decided not to play him. But we, we just talked about a little bit in there, too. You mentioned him as a possible third down backer. That's what a lot of people had wanted. But let's talk about some other guys. Because I, I know before the draft, everybody was kind of set on a possible linebacker for the Broncos to pick at pick number 10. But that didn't come to fruition. You have Todd Davis, you have Josie Jewell, who Coach Fangio has come out and he said, look, you know, you got to be able to work with the tools that these guys have rather than trying to find the, the next best upgrade, which, you know, the, I think the Broncos showed a lot of goodwill in those two guys right there by not drafting an inside backer there. But there's also an undrafted free agent that, you know, a lot of people have been talking about as an underrated guy, Joe Deneen. What have you seen from him at camp? And, and do you think he has a chance to make this roster come September. Yeah, you know, there's always that one undrafted free agent who makes the team. And uh, from the sources I've talked to, because obviously we haven't been able to see every practice, but from the sources I've talked to, he's been really impressive and they've really loved what they've seen from Joe Deneen. So he's coming along nicely. Um, from what I've seen, he looks like a guy who's very instinctual, um, maybe a little bit faster than he gets credit for, and just has that look of look to him that, he, you know, he's a linebacker. So with Vic Fangio giving a little bit of extra attention to those guys, it makes you focus in on a guy like Joe Deneen because, uh, you know, there's clearly a reason they brought him in here. That in, and now he's working with arguably the best linebackers coach of all time. So um, from what I've seen, pretty solid. And from what I've heard, even better. 
One even two, Justin Hollins getting a little bit of action, both at inside backer and outside backer. Coach Fangio kind of, I, th- I think, wants to take him and, and utilize him as one of his project pieces. We know that Roquan Smith last year in training camp when they held joint practices with the Broncos, I mean, they had him trying to play a little bit of edge when he was instinctually an inside linebacker. So being able to be versatile in that sense and his 4-5 speed that he has, I know he's a tall guy, 6-5. He's got the ability to be a playmaker when it's passing situations for the Broncos. But even Todd Davis was underratedly better last year in pass coverage, but the one thing that the Broncos struggled against was obviously when you're playing a lot of man-to-man coverage, cover zero, cover one a lot of the time, and you, you have teams that love to go play action on you, it's going to be hard to consistently cover those guys, and obviously when Chris Harris Jr. went down, that impacted things as well, because you didn't have a lot of depth to begin with at the corner position. Isaac Gadam, a guy that is a technician that I loved watching at training camp last year, I think the plan for him right now from several people I've talked to is they have high hopes for Isaac Yadam, and he's just a guy that you know he's going to come back, get full in the mix once his shoulder, he had offseason shoulder injury as you know uh, for him to come back and, and get full on into the mix will be good for him because he's going to compete with Devontae Bosby I mean you mentioned Chris Harris Jr. at left in practice you mentioned Kareem Jackson and, and Bryce Callahan you know in the slot and on the right side I mean they can do anything as you as you said with this defense mixing and matching different types of uh, packages and sets with different players I think that's going to give the Broncos an advantage that we haven't seen overall but I want to get to a, a one two more things here Ryan before we get off air here I want to thank you for also joining the show here today but one of the things that I want to ask you before was Coach Fangio. I mean, this is a guy that has come in right away, and it almost seems seems as if the culture change that he has kind of inhibited has been absolutely phenomenal early on. I know everything, we still have to wait for the on-field product, but everything right now, the process of everything, going back to fundamentals, everything that Coach Fangio is doing right now seems night and day different than what we saw with the Broncos last year. Now, I get it, the Broncos practices last year with Vance Joseph were a little bit more upbeat, but for you being there a little bit more consistently than I've been able to, what have you noticed in terms of the difference between how Vance Joseph was compared to how Coach Fangio is and his demeanor? Man, I mean, they're two very, very different guys. You mentioned the press conferences. Obviously, you know, that's something that we're involved in every day, and and those are completely different. I felt like Vance always felt like he had to say nice things about the players, whereas Vic Fangio just tells you like it is, like we talked about earlier. Um, But to me, the number one word that is a difference between those two guys is respect. Um, when Vic Fangio walks around practice, you see everyone straighten their back a little bit when he's walking by them. They're making sure they're on their P's and Q's. Like he just has this presence that all the players want to impress him. And, and, and the fact that he is hesitant to give compliments, which Peyton pointed out today, I think even builds into that even more. Everyone is vying for his approval and trying to, you know, get him to say something nice about them. Um, but he kind of just, slowly walks around practice watches you know and like i said the guys perk up a little bit and then he moves on to the next place but you know todd davis even said it today he admitted it he said we're all trying to impress him because he's a, he is the new guy you know he's the new coach uh and and everyone wants to make sure they're doing their best when he's watching because everyone's tr- still trying to really work on that first impression so I think there's just a different level of respect with him. Vance had a good relationship with the players, but it was almost more like, you know, you have your friend's dad who's like the cool dad and everyone, everyone likes him. But if he gets mad about something there, you're, you're, there's not as much, you know, uh, fear being in, inflicted into you. Whereas everyone has that, that, that friend's dad who's so strict and he might still be cool and you respect him. But you know, when he says something, you listen. And that's what I get from Vic Fangio is like he he puts out this demeanor and this aura where the guys 
have their eyes on him when he's speaking. He's not someone who you want to get caught you know, drifting off into space when he's talking. I think that's a great analogy, too. And, you know, I've noticed a difference between him and Vance Joseph a little bit. And, and yeah, they're completely different uh, coaches and, and they're completely different ages, too. And you, you can see a lot of the old school in Coach Fangio, which I love because I was coached growing up by an old school coach like that. And, and his 30-plus years in the NFL experience, that's very, very valuable. The one thing I want to lead off here, Ryan, before we get off air is, you know, you got an opportunity to listen with Peyton Manning. I mean, Peyton Manning got to talk with the guys longer than he pretty much probably ever talked ever in his media sessions with the guys he's made a guest appearance at the UC Health Training Center in Denver. What were some of the things that Peyton talked about that really stood out to you? I know he's really not interested right now in getting back into the football world. He's really enjoying kind of life with his kids and, and being uh, an assistant volunteer uh, on his on his kids' teams. And, and so really it's kind of a cool thing there. We, we know there were some rumors about him possibly being linked to the New York Jets job for a general manager spot. That has not come to fruition. I know Broncos fans, I know everybody wants to see him on Monday Night Football. He kind of shot those down a little bit. But what was it like? talking with Peyton one last time and obviously seen him back at the Broncos facility yeah it was really cool I mean he talked to us for 20 minutes and uh, it was just a small group of us there no cameras kind of just a, an informal press setting there and it, he's so eloquent and so he dives so deep into all of his answers and uh, obviously for me you know the GM stuff and the Monday Night Football stuff like that to me that's not the most interesting stuff for me. I want to hear what he thinks about uh, the Broncos. And and the one thing that he talked about the most was, was coach Fangio kind of in the same way that coach Fangio doesn't just hand out compliments. Obviously when he was playing uh, Peyton tried to build up some of his teammates, but you can kind of tell when he genuinely respects a guy from a football perspective and you got it when, you know, they're going up against Brady and Belichick and all those guys, you can tell that with coach Fangio, Peyton respects him on a, a very high level. And it's probably because coach Fangio is just as much of a film rat as Peyton is. And, and he learned that when they were together in uh, Indianapolis for a couple of years with Vic being the DC there. And you can just tell, he know, you know, he called him a, a football guy through and through a grinder, all of the words that a guy like Peyton Manning, you know, really values. He had to say that about Vic told a funny story, which I wrote up on bsndenver.com. It's a free story, though, so anyone can go read it. Uh, just about a little, you know, um, tiff he had with Fangio one day in practice. And it, it was nice to hear that from a guy like Peyton, who obviously we all respect, um, to really be beaming respect for Vic Fangio. He also, you know, he had a little bit to say about Joe Flacco. Um, he obviously remembered Drew Locke coming to their quarterback camp a couple of years back and said they've been in touch ever since. So, uh, that was what was most interesting to me, especially when it comes to Fangio, just hearing him kind of gush about his respect for, for Vic as a football coach. And that's definitely good to see Peyton Manning. And, and, you know, if Peyton shows a lot of praise for a coach that challenged him, I mean, even though he went 15-1 and against Fangio in his career, you know, he attests a lot of respect to that. But one last thing, and I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I didn't ask this question because this is what everybody wants to talk about. I've been very outspoken on it by, by really just talking about the quarterback situation in Denver. You know, everyone wants to make it into a dilemma. There really isn't right now. You know, one thing I, I, I tell the listeners all the time from my perspective is if the Broncos want to have success with Drew Locke in the future. Their best bet is him not being forced in right away in 2019. Letting Joe Flacco play things out, even if he struggles a little bit. I wanted to kind of gather your thoughts on this. I know you've answered this on the BSN Broncos podcast before, but I feel like it'd be a good conversation just to revisit, just to talk about quarterbacks for the sake of the audience. Yeah, I mean, look, I love Drew Locke. I'm a big Drew Locke guy. I was from the second I saw him uh, in Mobile down at the Senior Bowl, and I, and I, you know, really gained respect for his game there and was 
thrilled for the Broncos when they brought him in. But there is a gap, and it looks like the difference between a, a rookie quarterback who's been here for, you know, what, a month, and a guy who's been doing this for 10 years. And so as excited as everyone is for Drew, and, and I'm in that boat too, it's, it's going to be a bit. It's going to be a while, and there's a massive gap there right now, not only between Drew and Joe, but really all of the, the quarterbacks on the roster. Joe Flacco looks extremely comfortable in everything he's doing out there. Um, you know, it doesn't look like he's learning or really trying to figure anything out, whereas all the other guys are. And so for Flacco to come in here, not only with just experience in this offense and the terminology that goes around with it, but also having seen every single thing you can see when it comes to being an NFL quarterback, it's just on a different level. So I'm with you. The best case scenario for the Broncos is Joe Flacco to play great. And, uh, it's hard to tell, you know, I learned the hard way last year watching case Keenum tear up these OTAs and, and training camp and saying, Oh, he's going to have a great season. You don't know. We don't know until the bullets are live, obviously out there in week one, but from what I've seen from Joe Flacco so far, it's all very encouraging stuff. Uh, and Drew and Drew is coming along, too. It's just going to be a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's one thing I'm really excited about. And as you mentioned, when the bullets are live, it's a little different. You know, right now, helmets and just jerseys, it's a little different because there is no contact. You know, they can't do contact yet because of the CD, the CBA, obviously, with the offseason phase that they're in right now in OTAs. We'll see that come training camp. But it'll be it'll be different against another team. And obviously, preseason will approach us quickly. August 1st is the Broncos and the Falcons do battle in the Hall of Fame game. I know we have the Hall of Fame coming up. It's going to be an exciting experience. And, and Ryan, I just want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule, man, to jump on here and talk with me on Broncos. I've always enjoyed our discussions, our conversations and anytime I'm out there at practice or at training camp, it's always been fun interacting with you and Zach. You guys do a great job and I you know, I want to say that I'm proud to know you guys and you guys keep doing the great work that you're doing and you know, very excited that you jumped on to talk Broncos with me today. Thanks, man. I'm happy happy to jump on anytime and the respect is very mutual awesome my man well you guys can follow ryan on twitter at ryan konigsberg him and zach stevens do a great job daily podcast over there bsn broncos be sure to check them out as well with the himalaya podcast app you can combine lockdown broncos and bsn denver with your daily podcast listening experience so ryan my man i appreciate you and we'll have to do this again